Welcome to another edition of the Only Playbook, episode eight. I'm Sweetcar. Got Shote and Shovit with me, guys. It's Monday night. How are we doing? Great. Amazing. Yeah, it's always a good uh, Monday when you win all your fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah. Because you sure. have Tyreek Hill in every league. Yeah. Yeah. M- must be nice. It is. It's pretty nice. It's probably the nicest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, or if that's, you have Saquon, too. I mean, that guy is doing. A, a, lo- a lot of big names, a lot of guys putting up kind of crooked numbers this week in the stat sheet yeah. so appreciate you guys joining in again episode eight we're recording monday before monday night football um so hopefully we don't seep into monday night football and then we get to catch that because i got a lot of fantasy implications in that game mm-hmm. um first things first again shout out to everybody that's engaged with us subscribed liked uh retweeted you know followed whatever on all of our social media guys we absolutely amazingly love it uh certainly appreciate it uh twitter instagram tiktok uh, we have YouTube, um, Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, right? So we're pretty much all over the map right now. Um, so again, anything you can give, any type of love you can provide is is more than appreciated. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that, we're, we're about to get on LinkedIn and OnlyFans here shortly too. Yeah, OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we get enough engagement, OnlyFans is definitely in the cards. <laughs> That's so. when we're doing shirt off, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. All right. Shirt off podcast. <laughs> Got to lose some weight for that for me though. Um, but anyways, again, certainly appreciate all of the engagement. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into the first segment. Um, Full slate of games just happened yesterday, so top of mind is kind of who got hurt and, and what does that mean? So, show, give us the injuries. All right. Okay. Um, thankfully, not that many injuries this week. Uh, kind of unexpected this deep into the season. Um, but Mixon, he was limited early this week. I didn't really think he was that injured, but this was a nice surprise. Not a nice surprise, but it was a surprise this morning when I saw this. Um, but it looks like he's going to be limited throughout the week. We'll see what that means. Um Shanahan has said Elijah Mitchell's probably going to start. He's not wearing a uh, safety jersey or anything like that. So he's fully back. So if you have him, um, he's definitely the best San Francisco running back out there. Tony Jones Jr., back up to Alvin Kamara. He got carted off with an ankle injury. He's going to be gone for a while. So if you're a Kamara owner and you believe in handcuffing, you should probably go look for that guy. We just don't know exactly who it's going to be yet. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Fuller. He just came back, and now he's gone. He's ruled out for week five. Dude can't stay healthy. I know, man. You should know this, though. You should know this. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks is next. I hope, <laughs> I hope he knows this. But, um, yeah, Fuller, he's ruled take out. Take it back. Take it back. I'll take it back for you. I'll take it. But, you know, history is not on Cook's side. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Fuller's ruled, uh, ruled out for week five with a broken finger. Um, that's best we got right now. It is Monday. We'll get a lot more detailed explanations on this throughout the week. Uh, Logan Thomas, he has a hammy issue. They don't know exactly how uh, severe it is, but he's going to be out week five most likely. Uh, Monty Montgomery, possibly uh, a league winner. He's now uh, got a MCL injury. Unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate. Um, Hyperextended his knee during a tackle um, yesterday. So he injured his MCL, looks like. We don't know what degree of the injury it is, so it could be anywhere from one week to four weeks. If it's a grade one, it's for two weeks. If it's a grade two, four weeks. So, you know, he seems like a baller. So I think he'll come uh, back a little earlier than expected. Would we have already known if it was a grade three by now? Yeah, okay. we would have known. Okay. He, had a, he got an MRI and uh, MRI didn't show an ACL tear or anything okay. like that. So he, he tore like some micro, uh, you know, just a little bit of his MCL, not too severe. He didn't like completely rip it off or anything. So, you know, they're going to rehab it and he should be back within a month. Okay, good. Uh, Jimmy G got a calf injury. That's why we saw Lance out there. Um, Jimmy G is likely out week five. So Lance is probably going to be starting Ooh. this upcoming week. We'll see how that goes. Um, Teddy, uh, he's in the concussion protocol. 
I didn't see him coming back on the, uh, the sidelines. Maybe he was standing there somewhere. But that would have been a good sign because mm-hmm. if he was standing out there, then he's like fully aware of everything. But if he wasn't out there, that's a little worrisome because that was more of a severe concussion. But he's going to be in the concussion protocol, which is there's like a five-step check in order to come back from that. We will see. There's still a good chance he could still come back week one. It just depends on how he's feeling. It's just a, it's a feel kind of a thing. Yeah, we feel for Teddy because we have a soft spot for yeah. him. Yeah, I'm wearing a Teddy jersey right now, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's about as uh, – Uh, detailed as we can get as far as the injuries go like we mentioned earlier on social media you will be getting all the up-to-date information so stay tuned on that yeah another injury update that we just got actually josh jacobs is active yeah he's playing tonight yeah for tonight when you guys listen to this that's probably gonna be gone but yeah (laughs) still exciting for me and you because we both have josh jacobs in different leagues yeah that's right and peyton barber just in case but looks like i don't have to deploy that yeah nice josh jacobs good to go yeah so that's all we got for injuries this week mm-hmm. for you guys. Again, it is Monday, so keep in mind that there's going to be a ton of injury updates that come through Twitter, most likely, uh, as the week progresses, as we get more information. Again, last week we reported a couple of things before Adam, Adam Schefter. Schefter, so, yep. um, we coming for you, buddy. Give us the follow because you'll get the latest information, hopefully quicker than anybody else. Um, so let's jump right into the first game. We're going to recap all the games that went on. A lot of action on the board. So the first game on the board we have is the – Tennessee Titans were at the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets coming in searching for their first victory, and the Titans were looking to go 3-1. But the Jets actually pull away surprisingly in overtime, 27-24. Jets win their first game of the season. Titans drop to 2-2. Two and two. Jets cover their plus-6 spread, and the over comes in at 44.5. Uh, quick note, Chauvet's survivor pick was the Jets this week. Woo-woo. Shout out to Shovit for taking something that probably no one would have taken. So you got to be the ones. You got to be the ones. Uh, right. Shoshot's survivor pick was the Titans as he was on that heavy fade Jets train because why wouldn't you? Um, and again, this game went right down to the wire in overtime. The Jets pulled us away. Uh, talk to us. What did we see? Yeah, it looks like although they weren't able to stop Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. I mean, he still had 33 attempts. Yeah, so that fact that we mentioned last week yeah. that didn't come true right. this time. Yeah, right. that's right. crazy. 157 yards and a touch and a touchdown. Um, however, Tannehill just couldn't get it done uh, through the air. And uh, the the biggest thing is Zach Wilson looked a lot better. He threw an interception in the first half, but mm-hmm. the second half was a whole different ball game, making some amazing throws, using his legs to find uh, receivers that were open. So really impressed with uh, the way that uh, the Jets carry their offense in the second half. There, Corey Davis, four receptions, 111 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, um, not, not a bad and, game. Uh, Crowder came back this game that's too. That's right. I think that's a huge factor because there was a bunch of rookies out there running around, uh-huh. not knowing what to do, dropping passes. Crowder coming back helps big time. Crowder's yeah. one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Yeah, he's he's a slot guy, yeah. right? All mm-hmm. slot guys should be targeted in every league because yep. you don't know. Like if it's a PPR league, I don't care what team you play for. If you're a slot guy for any team, you're going to get some targets. Yeah, yep. and seven catches, sixty-one yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Um. So. Good, good play there uh, for Crowder, and then uh, good play for the Jets' defense as well. They yeah. definitely, you know, contain their receivers like they should. So, yeah. Yeah. well done, Jets. Yeah. Anything on anything else on the Titans' side? Concern? I know. I think the flow of this game more so for me was Tannehill couldn't get the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. It was literally like the J.D. McNichols show. <laughs> it was like it was Henry, Henry McNichols, Henry, Henry McNichols, mm-hmm. and so you can't. They were getting in too many third and long situations. It looked like to where you can't just continue to rely on the screen. Yeah. But like we talked about last podcast, who's going to be the guys on the outside that can get separation and get open? And clearly there was nobody. Yeah. Right. So these are uh, great signs for players like Julio and AJ. If you have them on your fantasy team, uh, if the Titans. D is actually this bad then i would try to trade for players like aj brown right now because you know 
you can buy him for pretty cheap. He hasn't mm-hmm. played barely any games. He's been injured. So try to target A.J. Brown in your league. You can get him for a great price, um, and especially those rookie players that are playing for the first time or, you know, whoever uh, they that doesn't understand what's actually going on here. You can easily take A.J. Brown from them. Yeah. I agree. I piggyback on that. AJ Brown is definitely should be a, a buy low target yes. for you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. with a t- tremendous amount of upside. Yeah, because, yeah, again, if they're giving up 27 points to the Jets, then that defense is going to be in the hole in a lot of football games. Yeah. And, yes, Derrick Henry can run the ball 40 times, but at some point they're going to have to throw the ball. Yeah. And AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Yeah, one thing I'll, I will mention is um, Wilson – did throw overthrow a pass that would have ended the game sealed mm-hmm. the game it was i think it was third down and the guy was wide open on the right side of the field it was a, i think it was a curl um mm-hmm. to the to the, to the uh, sideline mm-hmm. and he overthrew it so things like that need to definitely be fine-tuned a little bit yeah. he could have um, ran in for a touchdown in that same drive too mm-hmm. i mean these are rookies right right we haven't seen any rookies really play lights out besides last night um so you know there's a learning curve yeah and unfortunately he's just sucks for him but he's plays with the jets there's a lot to learn here he just has to stop turning the ball over and i think he'll be fine yeah across the board you mentioned there was again again a lot to like this week from zach wilson versus the first three weeks um and then across the board i think rookies yesterday rookie quarterbacks seem to have slightly had an upgrade in gameplay compared to what we've seen thus far but we'll obviously touch on more of those um again they take panthers i'm sorry the jets take this one earn their first victory of the year uh titans fall to two and two hopefully they can get their receivers back uh next game on the board is the chiefs this uh kansas city chiefs had dropped two straight games we were on here saying there's no way in hell they're losing three games in a row they Mm -hmm. were at the eagles and the chiefs won this one 42 to 30 shootout like we expected we had all called the over i believe on the podcast as well Mm -hmm. um and the chiefs cover the seven point spread with the over smashed at 54 um what happened here uh kansas city played like kansas city and the most interesting thing here is not even tyreek hill's big day because that's kind of expected at this point you see that every once in a while it doesn't really surprise you right you're just like that's just tyreek doing tyreek things but edwards hilaire He's back to being a startable uh, running back. There's mm-hmm. a lot of running backs out there that start for many teams that I still don't trust. And Edwards Hilaire was was on that list. But I think I can safely deploy him as an RB2 or a flex with pretty much confidence, you know, uh, because he's getting a bulk of the carries. He's getting the only carries on that team. And, you know, this is, this is a team that's not as offensively uh, – that's not uh, as a throwing first mentality as we expected. Mm-hmm. So they do like to run the ball. Right. We, we clearly seen that in multiple weeks now. So that makes Edwards Hilaire a viable start. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Tyreek Hill, great game. Um, Edwards Hilaire, uh, 14 carries, 102 yards. So um, definitely not what we were used to seeing with the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the, I guess, the new Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes still got five touchdowns, yeah. um, threw a pick, um, but, you know, that was overshadowed by the 42 30 win so yeah just to uh kind of give patrick mahomes some creds here um he's the fourth quarterback in super bowl era with three or more touchdown passes in each of their first four games the only other quarterbacks that did that were steve young kurt warner and tom brady dang yeah Yeah. mahomes is special yeah so on the Eagles side though Mm -hmm. this miles sanders guy man i you know yeah he's not looking like a good start if the eagles aren't favored he's a dudley boy for me this week i'm gonna go get the tables and get (laughs) devon and then make him a straight up dud uh yeah that was again when the, the eagles are offense seems like it's rolling you would expect Sanders to be somewhat involved and he just really isn't no. yeah. is that a product of they're just trying to get hurts as many like 
situational touches as possible. Like this is how you're going to get better is reps. And sorry, Sanders is kind of the the guy that, you know, takes the fault of that or, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know because it does seem like they have the ball in Hurts' hands like 95% yeah, of the time. Almost every time. Yeah. I, this is a unique offense because no other team in the league plays like this. Nobody just ignores their running backs right. except to just dump the ball off to them, right? Uh, there's 32 teams out there. Nobody plays like this. And um, and I think it's truly because they see something special in Hurts. He is out there that can run. He can run for 100 yards possibly if he really focused on that. And he's making accurate passes. I saw like three catches that were dropped in the end zone, you know, and it's just, you know, yeah. this is a rookie with a bunch of other, or not a rookie, but a um, semi-rookie. Pretty much rookie. He hasn't yeah. even started a full season. Playing with a bunch of other rookies and good tight ends. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a reliable, tall receiver to uh, target, yet he's playing so good. So I think they're just trying to ride off of this Hurts wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to establish a run at some point, right? They haven't been beating teams badly, so they haven't really had to run as much. They've been trying to crawl back from right. below. Uh, so we saw the scoring in the first week when they were actually winning. Yep. Since then, they've basically ignored their running backs. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Hurts, great game. Another guy who had a great game is Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Right, he looks like he's getting he's getting the bulk short bulk share of targets with ten targets, seven reception, one hundred twenty two yards. So really liking Devontae Smith as a as a must start on on every game. Yeah, I would try to trade for him. I I still he's like um you know he's not as I develop confidence for Edwards Hilaire. And that's the same thing that's happening with Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, like, just throw him out there against any matchups. Like, you know, if it's Ramsey, I'm benching him. There's only certain players right. that you start with, like, full confidence. But it's great to see this from a rookie. He's out here, like, clear-cut wide receiver one at this point in the season. So, you know, these are players that nobody else expects to be number one this early. So you kind of want to target players like this. Yeah, absolutely. My, my only other thing to that is – Eagles so far their two best offensive games were against the Falcons and the Chiefs defense that's absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. So I want to see production against better defenses. Uh, but right so far again, Hurts amazing fantasy start. Devonte Smith clear cut the number one receiver there that he trusts the most. So uh, encouraging for young players obviously. Uh, Chiefs still take this one though, right? Chiefs again couldn't lose three in a row. Came out statement we expected the shootout mm-hmm. and uh, Chiefs are now. Uh, going to be at home and they're hosting the Bills next week. So yep. that's going to be a big, big that's game be there. That's going to a fun game. Uh, Eagles actually are going to travel to take on Carolina. So it uh, should be another tough test. That's a better defense. So we'll see kind of what goes there. Uh, next game we have on the board, the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers we just talked about. They were at the Cowboys here at Jerry's World. And, man, the Cowboys put on a show. Cowboys put on an absolute show. The score looks a lot closer than the game was, 36-28 final. Uh, Cowboys cover the four and a half point spread and the over gets smashed at 51 and a half. Cowboys are now three and one Panthers dropped to three and one. Uh, again, the scoreboard does not dictate how the game went. The Cowboys pretty much dominated this game. Yeah. That offense looks scary. Good. I mean, Panthers were supposedly the number one defense coming into this game. Yeah. Um, and they didn't look that way. I mean, the, um, Cowboys had their way in offense. Um, I, I'm looking at the stats here. Um, Zeke had a great game, 143 yards and a touchdown. Um, Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cowboys offense, the real deal, in my opinion. Kind of like how uh, Derrick Henry gets hotter as the game goes on. In the fourth quarter, he starts dominating. It's kind of like that with fantasy football, too. First week, second week, third week, it's full with questions. Fourth week, a.k.a. the fourth quarter, things start to unravel a bit. I've only mentioned this like 800 times already. <laughs> But Carolina, I had Carolina getting rampaged by Dallas before this game started because, you know, you got to pass the eye test, man. Like, the eye test takes precedence over any stat you can throw out. 
And Dallas's offense has looked unstoppable so far, especially if they run like they've been doing. Yep. They've focused on the run just like back in 2017. So now if they can establish that with two running backs, not just Zeke. So if Zeke gets tired, Pollard comes in, does the same thing. I don't know how he stopped this. CD Lamb had to do absolutely nothing, and they scored like 40-plus points. Yeah. It, it seems like every week for them – uh, the product, at least the last two weeks in terms of success, has been running the ball, playing good defense, and then you have, again, the receiver carousel or duo, I guess. I mean, the tight ends get thrown in there too because Schultz has just been dominating. Yeah. Um, but it's like who's going to win? Who's going to beat you one week? Is it going to be Cooper? Is it going to be CD? Um, but the one thing I want to kind of go on record saying is I was I was already kind of done with Ezekiel yet. I thought I thought I was like, that. we've already seen the best of Zeke, and um, I was definitely wrong because as far as what we've seen the last two weeks, it seems like I don't know if he's, he's just getting healthier. The de- the offense is getting in the flow of like you know their offense and kind of what they can maximize and do. But Zeke right now has again obviously for temporarily shut the door on Pollard because Pollard we've seen eye test eye test that dude is scary on mm-hmm. on the field right and for him to get his touches slowly slightly limited every week here that Zeke has slowly start, started to get better. Um, again, I think I wrote wrote off Zeke a little bit too early, so just want to go on record and say Zeke's been impressive again. Um, I don't give the Cowboys a ton of credit because I have a ton of Cowboys fans and they talk a lot of shit, but the Cowboys are scary and they're the real deal and they're a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. And then another guy from the Cowboys who didn't get a touchdown, I think he's one of the you know five receivers that didn't get a touchdown, CeeDee Lamb. Um, he has a favorable matchup on uh, the next coming weeks. So he's also another guy that you can potentially buy low if you can try to trade for CeeDee Lamb. I don't know how many players would trade him but that's also someone that you might want to try to grab as well yeah yeah again they're going to be at home to the giants so again favorable matchup and we talked about the panthers uh they're at home hosting the eagles next week so both three and one teams um maybe going into opposite directions we'll see kind of if the panthers can bounce back but uh next game moving right along the giants the giants we just talked about them they were at the saints uh, man another big upset on the board the giants win this one in overtime 27 21 giants pick up their first victory on the year and the saints drop to two and two uh, Giants cover the seven-point spread. The over 42 gets hit. Um, Saquon Barkley show. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He looks fully healthy. I don't know when they're going to be like, all right, you're 100% good to go, but I think it's now. It should be now. Nice. Um, I'm, my biggest question in this game is what is up with this Taysom Hill experiment that oh they're still God. trying to do? How are you experimenting with a player that you've already started as a quarterback for so long and you're now you're going back to his rookie days? Like, what exactly are they trying to do? He came in through three passes. One of them ended up as a pick. Kamara didn't get any targets this game. That has never happened in his, like, career. So, you know, what are you? how did you expect to win this game, New Orleans? Yeah. Not, Don't even get me started on Taysom <laughs> Hill. Go ahead. You talk. Yeah, I'm not, not really sure what's going on going on there. Um, I'm, I'm looking closely at that injury, personally, uh, Alvin Kamara's in, injury, and trying to see Alvin his Kamara's backup's injury. injury. Or backup's injury, yeah. and trying to pick up the handcuff and I, I know you talked about like you know who would be the potential uh, handcuff there uh-huh. Dwayne Washington mm-hmm. is a name to kind of consider um if you're uh, what is he out like three weeks or so right yeah. he's got an ankle issue and it looks pretty severe so yeah. it might be longer than three weeks right so Dwayne Washington may be someone that you want to handcuff um also the Giants receiver right they didn't have Galde. Um, they, they didn't have uh, yeah. Shepard, mm-hmm. and they didn't have or Slayton. Slayton or Slayton and, and they won the game and and, and they won the game John um, Ross sighting that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I wonder if once they do come back, I wonder if Daniel Jones will try to um, give the ball out to more of his options. 
Yeah. Uh, instead of just giving it only to Shepard. Yeah. As long as the one of the options is not Evan Ingram, <laughs> I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Right. That dude's drop city, brick hands. Yeah. Um, Galladay had a nice game, I think. Right. I, th- I feel like he caught a lot of big, kind of bulky catches. Um, but yeah, the story of the game is definitely Saquon. Again, people ha- the the people that drafted Saquon have to be relieved. Even again, even if this is not just like a thing things to come kind of foreshadow, you needed a good game from a guy you drafted in the first round, and so this is a sigh of relief. But on paper, the Saints through three weeks had a great defense. They were number one in fantasy, mm-hmm. and so if Saquon can have this kind of production against a defense that's supposed to be really good, um, hopefully the sky's the limit. Because again, a guy like Saquon fully healthy is arguably yeah. the best running back in the yeah league. they're gonna face the cowboys this upcoming week so yeah. things are gonna that's work. a big test yeah it's gonna be a big test for them big test there so yeah again giants uh impressive victory saints yeah i don't understand a lot of their offense you touched on it they're the best player on their offense unquestionably is alvin kamara kamara mm-hmm. right alvin kamara is the best player on their offense right now and so he's made a living Catching, catching the ball, the ball out of the backfield. Yes. That's how the Saints want to. That, or I don't know, but that's how Drew Brees and the Saints have been successful for the last decade almost. And so, for you to have a quarterback who is less talented, two quarterbacks that combined are still less talented than Drew Brees, to not get the best player on the field involved, like how are you expecting to win? This game probably shouldn't have even been this close. Then, if their recipe was not get our best player the ball, yes. And I'm sick and tired of the Taysom Hill experience. Taysom Hill rarely throws the ball. When he gets the ball. 95% of the time, he's going to run it. So you become one-dimensional, where at least in the Wildcat, you have like two guys. You have a guy jet-sweeping, right? They just direct snap to Taysom Hill, yeah. and he runs it. It's and not even confusing it, I'm anymore. I'm like, I don't understand the logic. Yeah. Like, I do not understand well, it. Well, they, they did get two touchdowns out of that. That's fine, yeah. right? They can they can show the production this game, but yeah. the sample size all the way through last year, even when they had Drew Brees, is mm-hmm. Taysom Hill comes in, and they think this is like some crazy change of pace. <laughs> like, we're throwing the defense off, and we're all like, okay, Taysom Hill's in, so 95% of the time, you're going to run the ball with him. And it's just like, he's not as fast as a run. Like, he's not faster than the fastest running backs. He's not stronger than the strongest running backs. He's literally getting paid to play like sure, yeah. 20% of the time. I mean, sure fine i'm okay with goal line situations bring them in whatever right mm-hmm. but if you're going to come in for three plays or throw three passes and one of them's a pick mm-hmm. that's just not acceptable yeah. by any means at all i don't think any quarterback is going to want to be like hey is going to be want to told hey you're only going to make seldom amount of passes because quarterbacks are built on rhythm you know getting enough throws repetition and getting into the flow of the game so if he's making one pass every like 20 plays like how are you how are you putting him in a position to succeed right, right. so it's just all disarray and it's like dude sean payton you're a guru like figure this shit out but I don't know. They dropped to two and two giants, you know, good for giants fans pick up their first win on the season. And so that giants Cowboys game will be pretty interesting. Saints are going to be at the Washington football team next week. Uh, so something else to kind of watch out for there. But, uh, next game on the board, man, this was fucking frustrating. The Cleveland Browns were at the Minnesota Vikings, um, 14, seven final Browns win this one. Browns covered the two point spread and the under comes in over under was 51 and a half. Ridiculous. Um, Browns are now three and one Vikings dropped to one and three. Um, talk to us. Yeah, not not so not so great of a game for the Vikings. Um, for me, it's the receivers not being able to get open uh, majority of the game. I don't think that like if you can't get open, you can't catch the ball, right? And so um, that was probably the the biggest concern there. Um, also, Dalvin Cook didn't have a great game as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, Madison did see uh, some carries. He came in. Um, so taking some of the carries that Dalvin Cook saw, I'm monitoring that, making sure that you know he's back and healthy for the next game yeah um yeah that one two punch the running backs and the on the browns it was just too much to handle every time they touched the ball you know after the first quarter was great it was fine 
After that, they established the run. They pressured us insanely. They just it was full on pressure, and the receivers need you know at least three seconds to get start get their route started. Mm-hmm. But we're getting jammed at the line. They were stuck like glue. So when you force a quarterback to make quick passes while under pressure, while your receiver hasn't even completed his route. It just screams disaster. It just screams disaster. We were not able to move the ball in the after the first quarter. It was just it was a sad attempt at trying to do something that just can't be done with the formula that we have. So you, where do the fingers get pointed, right? You have three games where you play great on offense. You know you figure out creating a pocket or whatever. Um, but this game, it was just it's just too much stress on the quarterback to make plays under pressure where the receivers aren't open. And thankfully, we still made some plays here and there, kept it, you know, it was a 7-14 to 14 loss, but it's not acceptable at home. You're playing at home, huge crowd. We play, like, crap on defense. You know, I don't even want to say crap because... No, I disagree, but yeah, go. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the defense played fine. Yeah. You only gave up 14 points that's what, to that's the what, that's what I'm about to say. Right. Yeah, so, but the bad part was we didn't stop the run at all, and that we know that that's what they do. How are you going to prepare for a team with the best two-headed running back attack and not do that? You know, that that's how you're going to win like that. What did you do? Like stop OBJ? Congratulations. But th- that wasn't the focus of the game. The focus of the game was to stop the run, and they did not do that. Yeah. So l- l- let me let me just b- talk about one thing here. So these are uh, these are how every single drive between both teams went, okay? So Vikings, first drive, touchdown, whoop, 7 nothing, right? Browns, f- turnover on downs. They went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. We have the ball. We're up 7 nothing early on. Three plays, one yard. So three and out punt. Browns, three and out punch. So we get the ball back again, up seven, nothing. Can't put any more points on the board. We go 30 yards down the field and we go for it on fourth down. Don't get it. Situation where we could have kicked a long field goal. We wanted to be aggressive, whatever. I don't fault that. Browns came back and had an 18 play, 78 yard drive. Took up nine minutes on the clock. And then they went for two because our defense wasn't disciplined enough on an extra point. And they were aggressive and they went for two and they took the lead eight to seven. So a game where we're already like, we had three possessions. We were up seven. Like we felt like, the eye test showed us we were winning this game. Mm-hmm. We're already losing by one out of nowhere. And then here's what happens. Vikings punt, and then the uh, Browns kick a field goal, and then it's the end of the half. So it's 11-7 going to the half. Here's where it gets frustrating. Second second half. Second half. Browns got the ball. Punted. Three and out. So our defense did fine. Three and out. Vikings got the ball. Three and out. Punted it right back. Browns got the ball. Got two first downs. Punted it right back to the Vikings. Vikings got the ball. Three plays, no yards. Punted it right back. What did the Browns do? Did they control the clock? Nope. They punted it right back to the Vikings. We were getting, we got five possessions in the fucking second half and three out of the five went three, three and out. So like, I don't understand as a coaching staff, you're in a game against a team that's supposed to be better than you, that if you beat, like you're the real deal. The whole game is a one possession game. We're never out of it the entire game, right? And how are you not adjusting? If they're getting too much pressure, why are we not running shorter? Why why are we not coming up with way, play, play ways to win? I feel like I'm sick of giving the Vikings excuses and being like, we were just manhandled or we were outmatched. Like, Zimmer, that doesn't fucking cut it anymore, bro. Like, you can't just be like, we lost. Like, we we weren't good enough to beat them. Like, no, then you got to be fired. Then Rick Spielman's got to be fired. Then we need, like, a complete new change of plan because, one, we can't have a defensive coach that literally – we just paid a bunch of money to people to stop the run, and we can't stop the run. That doesn't make sense. That money could have been allocated to the offensive line. We could be giving Kirk more time to throw, and maybe our offensive woes would be fixed. But we just we accept like we accept 
this and like this is not acceptable like we can't just be yeah we were mismatched yes they're better right and like we did a lot of things wrong but no nobody on the team like the coaching staff did not make a single adjustment and i think that's the most frustrating part we just kept going three and out running the same shit punting you know, it back you know what the worst part about all of this is in the fourth quarter when we had maybe two minutes left in the game we had three chances to score three chances to score and what you know what we did we ran the fucking ball Dude, we ran the ball with like one timeout and we were like 80 yards past the touchdown and we kept running the ball. At that point, like we were literally screaming like best case scenario for this game is we're going to try to go down and tie the game. There was like over three minutes left. We're down by a touchdown. We could mm -hmm. easily have like shown a sense of urgency, scored and then even played defense and gotten the ball back. But no, we're just so OK with like, let's try to tie. Like it's just the mindset is fucking horrible top down i think like if we beat the lions whoopty fucking do don't care but if we lose to the lions if we lose to detroit there's no reason why zimmer should not be on the hot seat borderline fired yeah and that's true and especially because the matchup for the receivers against the lions is a lot more favorable oh yeah it's gonna um, be a it's gonna be a high shooting game the, that's the vikings have a very good favorable matchups for their receivers uh justin jefferson did have a good game you know six receptions 84 yards and one touchdown looking like looking like the wide receiver yeah. one that he should uh Thielen, not so much but i i fully expect them to bounce back against the Lions just solely based off of matchup. Right. Yeah. We got to yeah. figure out our play calling. If we know we're playing against cornerbacks that are like glue, mm -hmm. then you need to throw it to throw screen passes. You know, we just did not adjust. It was just the run first offense with play actions involved. And I am getting sick and tired of that. And, offense. and the, this, like, I think I'm just at the point of like no excuses, but yes, they're shut down corners. We have two receivers that are arguably num receiver number ones. Right. So I like, they didn't get open like they're literally top 10 talent in the league why are you guys not fucking getting open like they didn't have two number one corners there kj osborne has emerged as a, as a third receiver that can get open against nickel uh, corners mm -hmm. are you telling me all three of their cornerbacks yeah. covering those guys are one two and three yeah so the problem with that is what actually happened is that they eventually got open but you have time the time we had to throw was maybe less than two seconds maybe around two seconds so I don't care how open you are. You got to get open within those two seconds, and that's where the problem lies. Yeah, play calling. Then, yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm just so frustrated with that because now I'm just right back down to the Vikings. Like, there's literally we we can win next week, fifty-five nothing, and I don't give a shit. shit. Yeah, it's not gonna matter. I don't give a shit. So it's okay. It All is right. what it is. Vikings drop that. Browns are three and one. Uh, win an ugly game, but nonetheless get the dub. Um, Browns are going to be at the Chargers next week, so Chargers will probably romp the shit out of them. And then the Vikings are at home to the Lions, who they'll probably beat 55 nothing. Um, so that that's that's how that cookie crumbles, unfortunately. But uh, the Lions we just talked about, they, are gonna, they were at the Bears this week, divisional game. Um, Bears win this one 24-14 final. Bears are up to 2-2 two two now. Lions drop to 0-4, still looking for their first win. Uh, Bears covered the three-point spread, and the under hits at 41. Uh, we talked about rookie quarterbacks early. Uh, Zach Wilson had a improved game. What did you guys think of Justin Fields? Justin Fields looked pretty good, I think. I mean, he looked he he didn't really have to do much. Yeah, he's playing against the worst defense <laughs> Detroit's ever had in their lifetime. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, if you don't play well against that, then you might want to go back on the bench. Yeah, more, more than Justin Fields, David Montgomery, right? Twenty-three carries, hundred six yards, two touchdowns, eight avoided tackles. You gotta be feeling pretty good if you got. You know who's not until feeling he got good. Hurt. You know who's not feeling good. Montgomery. Montgomery because yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, um, their backup, Damian Williams, uh -huh. could be a good, uh, good waiver yeah, bar pickup. Yeah. Just by default, even yeah. if he's not good, he's he's gonna be picked up and he's gonna be started in many yeah. leagues. Yeah. 
And then uh, Darnell Mooney, also five receptions, 125 yards. Mm-hmm. So um, That dude's fast. Fast and athletic, like kind of an under-the-radar he's, guy. He's dropped I a few like, passes in the end zone, which is yeah. very disappointing. But, yeah, he's got some skill. Yeah, I feel like on a better team, like he could be – a wide receiver number two, like pretty solidified. But yeah, again, Fields didn't have to do too much, but Fields made some really nice throws. He showed off his arm, he showed off his accuracy, um, and he showed off his legs. But again, it doesn't take a lot to beat the Lions. So still encouraging because anywhere from last week was encouraging because last week was piss poor. So hopefully we'll see some, you know, progression going at the Raiders next week. But on the Lions side, I mean, like Jared Goff is, um, I was listening to Pro Football Focus, his passer passing grade Week one through four, it's like 65, 64, 65, 66. So he's literally the definition of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Like he's never going to be better than mediocre to me. And they don't have even receiver weapons to like get him above that level. So it's just like, what's the Lions recipe for winning a football game at this time? Well, let me tell you why they're not going to be winning very many games. The Lions became the first team since 1993 to have the ball inside their opponent's 10-yard line each of their first three drives and not score any points on any of them. Wow. Like that's dude, sad. so bit red zone offense three times inside the 10. You don't even come out with any points. Get freaking Hawkinson, bro. Throw him some lobs. Yeah. Yeah. And their running backs didn't look that good either. Right. Jamal Williams, Yonder Swift. We were talking about uh, Swift being a top five running back last week. Not, not that kind of performance. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like when you have receivers that are viable options, uh-huh. it takes so much stress away from your running backs catching the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When your running backs are your receivers, the defenses aren't dumb. It's been three weeks of yeah. Swiftage. Yep. The Swiftage is going to go down eventually. And the Bears have a decent defense. Like right. A pretty good defense. Right. They have good linebackers, so right. they can contain the running backs pretty well. And I guess they just focused on stopping the running backs and see what Goff can do down deep, and it didn't work for Doc Goff. Yeah. Exactly. But you're right. Yeah, that'll regress to the mean because that's literally their entire offense. Mm -hmm. But something has to change. Like, this is the NFL. People make adjustments. That's the name of the game, bro. Quintus Cephas has looked pretty okay, though. He looks like a nice little bright spot in that offense. What's the Khalif Raymond or whatever? Yeah. Didn't he have two touchdowns? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He had like two touchdowns his whole career before that (laughs) game. But yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to see some production from the receivers. Hopefully, they're just getting big. Like, they're just growing and getting better. So. You know, it takes pressure off the uh, running backs because the running backs are already so good. I, you know, you'd hate to see their production go down simply because the defenses can key on them so much. But yeah, Lions are still 0 4. Um, hopefully, they hopefully they're 0 5 next week when they're at the Vikings. Um, Bears are going to be traveling to take on the Vegas Raiders next week, so that'll be an intriguing matchup. Um, but the Texans, the one and two Texans, were at the two and one Buffalo Bills, and this was a straight freaking ass whooping bro yeah that was a lost worst loss in houston's history franchise history wow largest point differential bills win 40 nothing cover the 17 point spread uh and the under comes in but the bills the under was 47 and the bills dropped 40 (laughs) but the texans couldn't score at all so the under hits uh i took the easy cop-out answer and had the bills as my survivor pick so that was a quick easy 4-0 there um but yeah i mean this game literally on paper went exactly like what we expected and exactly what happened yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, as far as the Bills, you know, yeah, they just demolished the Texans. But I'm looking at, like, fantasy-wise, yeah. uh, Dawson, Dawson Knox, mm-hmm. the tight end for the Bills, looking like a pretty good start um, for them. I know they were playing the Texans, but he's getting he's getting the targets. Um, so someone that you might want to look into. Um, Brandon Cooks did not have that good of a game, but um, I, <laughs> this week, right? But yeah. I think that he bounces back. Um, I, I wouldn't be too concerned with Brandon Cooks moving moving forward right um and yeah then, we got some stefan Diggs siding too that's on right the other end of wide receivers because i know a lot of our listeners were worried about Diggs 
Um, he's got 15 plus fantasy points for the 15th time since 2020, which is the most among any wide receiver. So it was about time you feed the beast. Yep. And uh, um, just another little fun fact here: the Bills have won nine of their last 10 regular seasons games by more than 10 points. No other team has more than six games like that in that span. So they're out here just rampaging teams. They're doing what needs to be done against the shitty teams. They're not making it close. They're not looking. There's no upsets yeah. with the yeah. Bills against yeah. shitty teams. And they take care of business. I was even surprised when Trubisky was brought in because they're so used to just yep. running it up people's butts all the time. Yep. Not, not actually running, but running the score up. Mm. So I was like, wow, even the Bills know how to bring their back up when they're winning by so much because I'm just so used to them just destroying yeah. opponents. God, you got to be frustrated if you're a Josh Allen uh, holder, right? Like if you're starting Josh <laughs> Allen, you see the guy like uh, Trubisky coming in with a touchdown late in the game. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, what? I, I mean, mean you, cool. you you also understand it because he's literally the franchise quarterback, yeah. the future of that franchise. They're not going to do anything to this is true. Put him in uh, bad situations, but the running backs, the Texans are so bad that they even let the Bills running backs be, um, you know, somewhat relevant this yeah. game. Uh, Singletary had seventy nine yards on fourteen touches. Moss sixty one yeah. yards and a touchdown. It takes games like this for those guys to be valid. Exactly. Otherwise you're banking on like a seventy two yard run, which they have done that. But mm-hmm. yeah, don't expect the running backs to do this. Don't go out there trading for Singletary and don't get swindled into, you know, starting Moss if you don't have to. Because these are just smoke screens. Don't be afraid because uh the Bills will not always beat people 40 nothing. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. It could happen, but you know the his, history tells me that it's not going to happen every week. I, I almost wonder if Zach Moss is going to take Dev, Devin Singletary's role as the three-down running back. It, he, he ran more routes than Singletary did this did. week. They both had 14 uh, carries, um, but, but they were also winning against a, a shitty team. So the backup you would expect to play more, right, typically if, they, if they're up by a lot. So I, I personally don't see that because I um, we were waiting for that last year with Zach Moss, mm-hmm. and it never happened, and Moss fumbled, and like he showed – why he's not right he shouldn't have that job unless he got exponentially better but the bills are just showing that they can beat you every which way right those those four touchdowns by moss in the last two games that's just a product of situational football yeah so don't don't go diving into that moss stock yeah and dawson knox again you know he's got eight targets he had two touchdowns now he had touchdown last week i believe as well um so you know whether he's getting volume or not the fact that Allen looks for him in the red zone with tight end the tight end position so scarce like if someone's you know getting 10 touchdowns in a season or something like that, they become fantasy relevant. So something to watch out for. And again, Cole Beasley has been the guy that's been getting so many targets and he only had two targets, two catches for 16 yards. It's Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Cole Beasley switching that role. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, I feel like every week we might see something different with this team. This is the ultimate recipe for winning games and winning the Super Bowl. They're doing everything perfectly. And I think, you know, as a Vikings fan, I'm just drooling at this (laughs) offense. Oh my God. I know. Uh, Bills moved to three and one. They're going to have that big, big game next week at kansas city so that'll be exciting texans drop to 0 and 3 and they're going to host the pats next week uh so a couple games there to watch out for the indianapolis colts were at the miami dolphins colts were 0 and 3 coming into this game miami was 1 and 2 colts looking for their first victory and they actually do pick it up 27 to 17 colts win by 10 cover the two and a half point dog uh spread and the over hits over under was 41 and a half the over hits with 44 total points colts finally get their first win on the board i think you said it last week you're like i expect the colts to win this one yeah Brissett uh, revenge game didn't really play yeah. out the way it was supposed Brissett, to Brissett has no personality so i don't even think he cares about revenge <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean colts colts did what they were blueprinted to do this uh off season mm-hmm. they were expected to run the ball heavy uh control the clock and play good defense and against a poor team like the Miami Dolphins a recipe like that is always a win so you know this was a pretty easy call on my end um Gaskin experiments probably over yeah, yeah. 
You I know? agree. Um, what, like, in what situation do you see yourself starting Gaskin? If you can't beat a Colts team, that's not, no. you know, they're not yeah. top-tier team. Nope. They're just a good, they get the job done on the ground. Yep. And um, if you can't, you know, if you can't, if Gaskin can't do anything in a game like this, it wasn't a blowout. You no, know, you, no. It was a pretty close game for a while. And if you can't use your, you know, best weapon on the running end, uh, when is he ever going to be It's valid? almost like they don't see him as a best weapon, given the amount of carries yeah. that yeah. Malcolm Brown, Brown. Yeah, eight carries and Gaskin, two. No. He's just what is it? There, there's something that they're seeing that's holding them back from unleashing Gaskin that I feel like a lot of us are like, wait, he, he was good. Like, why, why is he not yeah. getting the time? I don't know. There must be something, right? I mean, that's why the Dolphins are so bad. Yeah, that's true. They're also <laughs> really bad. So maybe, maybe he just they need to free Gaskin, trade that boy. They had thirty five rushing yards total. Yeah, just just not going to get it done. And again, Brissett's not like a he's not Mahomes where you just can just afford to barely run the ball and like yeah. will be successful, right? And he's just very mediocre. Dolphins not a lot to be excited about. Colts at least pick up their first win, so that's nice. Um, and they, they moved to one and uh, three. They're going to host, or they're going to be at the Ravens next week on Monday Night Football, so that's going to be a tough test for the Colts. Dolphins, again, nothing really to look up to because they're at the Tampa Bay Bucks next week. So, God bless um, them. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough for both those games, or both those teams, so it should be an interesting uh, next week. But the Washington football team, the Washington football team were at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Washington came in one and two. The Falcons were also one and two. Washington wins a high scoring affair here, 34 to 30. Final. Falcons dropped to one and three, and now Washington's two and two. Washington covers their spread. They were favored by one and a half, and the over just gets smashed. It was 47 and a half. But um, a lot of offense. A lot yeah. of offense. M- Matt Ryan was a viable start this week. <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, especially early in the season if we were like, hey, let's look at week four matchups because we thought the Washington defense was supposed to be so good. Yeah. We would have never expected that. But what did he have, four touchdowns? Yeah, four, five or four? Four? Four, yeah, three yeah, went to yeah. – yeah, yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah, four freaking touchdowns. Um, Again, offensive outburst. Taylor Heineke had a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I chose to start Heineke in one of my leagues. Uh, very impressed with, uh, you know, three touchdowns, 290 yards. You know, what more could yeah, you ask? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Gibson had a touchdown as well, so a good sign for Gibson holders. Um, Cordero Patterson, three <laughs> touchdowns, uh, which is insane. Dude's a unicorn, man. We've been saying it. He's a freaking unicorn. Get him the ball. Yeah, yeah. Although Mike Davis did see uh, more carries and uh, more more passing routes. Um, you know, so I wonder if Cordell Patterson's stock starts going down. Nah. I, I think the thing with Cordell Patterson is he's just such a freak of an athlete, mm-hmm. but he's not like all mentally there. That's that's my assumption because why isn't he not getting just all the carries? Yeah. You know, why isn't he a full blown running back? Why do they have to use uh, Davis so much? Um, and it makes me wonder how long is this going to last? Because this production is insane from somebody that got six touches, like 12 touches, what, 11 touches? How many touches? I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy. He's catching touchdown passes on a fade route in the back of the end zone. That is not quite, when we was, when he was with the Vikings, we threw him screen passes. We ran the ball with Cordell Patterson. We used him as a switch army knife and never looked deep because he couldn't do that. And now he's catching like one-handed snags at the goal line. He's going fade routes. He's running the ball. How do you stop this man? Yeah, I, I think the beauty in Cordell, Cordero Patterson is 
he's he's at his best because when he can give 100%, he's at his best, right? Because he's a freak athlete. So you have to limit his use but also be methodical with it. Kind of like Taysom Hill? <laughs> no. Taysom, <laughs> <fuck> Taysom Hill. <laughs> but I th- Cordero Patterson, to me, exa- is exactly that, right? He's yeah. not consistent enough to run you 50 routes a game mm-hmm. and be on 50 snaps. But the plays that are designed for him are like there's a it's high probability of success and it's perfect for him because he yeah. put, it puts him in the best – position to utilize his best strengths and so um yeah i even if davis gets the bulk share even if he runs more routes i don't know that patterson is somebody that i would ever feel confident putting in my starting lineup for fantasy but it also wouldn't surprise me if because of touchdowns every other week and stuff he ends up actually putting together a really nice fantasy season yeah something else to monitor is mclaurin um he had 13 targets two touchdowns great 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 game but curtis samuel was activated um so i wonder if uh curtis samuel will have any sort of uh, relevancy in, in the future i don't think i think he will be relevant yeah but it will not be in the expense of terry mclaurin okay. terry mclaurin's the top seven wide receiver in the league i mm-hmm. would i would put him over dk like i've been having this argument with all my friends like since dk came into the league i put terry mclaurin over him any day of the week yeah it's just a sure reliable target i don't think they would deviate away from that curtis samuel is a pretty good athlete too he runs the ball well i hope he doesn't do that because i have a lot of gibson targets and <laughs> Uh, Gibson's already getting vultured left and right. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, Curtis, Curtis Samuel will help out Taylor Heineke, and um, we'll see where this Washington offense really, uh, when it really starts getting hot, we'll see what actually happens. Yeah, as a Terry McLaurin owner, pretty excited. Also have DK Metcalf, so I got both those guys. But um, I agree. I Terry McLaurin has hands. He's got speed. He's got route running. Uh, the dude seems like if he was on a team, he was if he was on like the. Patriots or I mean sorry if he was on the Bucks or if mm-hmm. he was on the Chiefs or something that dude's looking to put up like 1500 yards yeah. oh yeah so um, here's some uh, here's some things we need to touch real quick um, the Falcons are actually leading at a halftime um, they're actually five and six when leading at halftime since 2020 so, so it means nothing it's a coin dust <laughs> if they're up <laughs> right it's yeah. sad because yeah. there's a team like the Rams who are yeah. undefeated yeah. after leading at halftime and, and these guys shit. have leads and they're giving him away yeah also uh, Matt Ryan has been sacked in 32 straight games now that's the fourth longest streak in Atlanta history and the best stat out of all of this is that the Falcons' run defense still hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher since 2019. Wow. wow. That's so huge. It's either one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Either they got a really good run-stopping defense or mm-hmm. their pass defense is just so bad that nobody has to run anymore. I'm going to bet a lot of money that that, that, the pass that streak's that bad. No, I was going to say I'm going to bet yeah. a lot of money that that streak continues next week. Because they're, 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 playing, they're playing the Jets. Ah. <laughs> so unless Michael, Michael Carter, Carter goes for 100 one. yards or Zach Wilson goes for 100 yards. I drafted both of those guys in our league. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's interesting. Falcons end up losing. So they're one and three now. Um, again, Washington's defense is just abysmal. Falcons defense isn't very good again, like you mentioned. So I feel like fantasy players against those guys, those two teams right now seem like must starts. You know, every position you have. Oh, for sure. Um, so again, Falcons are traveling, or they're at home to the Jets, so that'll be an interesting game to see who can pick up a victory. And the football team are at uh, home to the Saints, so um, another two and two team that they're going to be battling next week. The Seattle—I'm sorry—the Seattle Seahawks were at the 49ers this week. 28-21, Seahawks win this divisional matchup. They're, both teams are two and two now. Seahawks cover the plus three spread, and the under hits. Uh, under was 52. Total points were 49. Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things. Kind of. Kind of. He's just getting murdered back there, dude. To tell you how bad this Seattle line is, Russell Wilson's been sacked more than two times in 116 games since being drafted. No other QB has more than 90 in that span. So he's getting literally murdered back there. Wow. And he's a scrambling quarterback. So it's like that tells you everything you know about how bad this line is. Yeah, I'm going to – so here's my one assessment of that. 
yes, the line is awful, and Russell Wilson's a mobile quarterback, right? Russell Wilson, again, like most special quarterbacks, has a habit of like running backwards or scrambling, you know, trying to make something happen because there's 70% of the league in terms of quarterbacks that can that don't even have a chance at those plays. So the fact that you have a quarterback that does is insane, right? But Russell Wilson also runs into a lot more sacks than most players that I see just because he's trying so hard to make something happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get you get the short end of the stick sometimes as well. Yeah. And I just feel like Russell Wilson, knowing his line is very, very bad, like I bet there are a ton of opportunities where if he's just running like straight quarterback draws because the line is collapsing, he'd see a ton of room, right? So again, I'm I as a Vikings fan, I'm turning into a guy who's all about adjustments. How are you going to push the defense back then? If if you have a mobile quarterback that can't utilize his mobility because the line can't block for them, one has to give, right? So the offense has to adjust so that they have one way to operate. Otherwise, if they're stopping both, then... Yeah, like, well, I mean, he's not... Like, the way you're making a sound, uh, he's getting, like, he's not doing well. But the fact of the matter is he's doing phenomenal. This is probably one of his best starts to a career um, uh, he's ever had. So he's adjusting. And I think there's only certain players that can do these things and still succeed. Like, you would think that he's getting into more sacks because of this running around business. But the plus side of this is so much more important than the one sack is that they get a lot of their touchdowns from plays like this, too. So the points on the board, I guess, is what he values more than that possible sack. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the th we don't live in an alternate reality is what we found out, right? That's like as far as we know, <laughs> as far as we know, because Russell Wilson is not going to lose three games in a row. Um, so good showing for the Seahawks. Um, the for on the 49ers side, I, you know, Garoppolo got hurt and Trey Lance came in two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So that's got to be this is what I'm sure all 49ers fans have been waiting for. Like, unfortunately, like for yeah. Trey Lance to get in there mm -hmm. and show what he can do and, you know, two touchdowns. So um, that's got to be it's got to be exciting there. Um, another thing is Elijah Mitchell missed, you know, second straight game and Trey Sermon came in um, and who looks who looks pretty impressive. 19 carries, 89 yards. So maybe you want to hold on to Trey Sermon for, for a little bit longer, even when Elijah Mitchell comes back. As yeah. Well. When Elijah Mitchell comes back, Elijah Mitchell is probably going to be a full-blown full full starter. So. But because of the injury history, which is very recent, um, yeah. he could easily get hurt again. So, yeah, definitely hold on to Sermon. You might not play him, but you got to hold on to players like that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, George Kittle um, had a really scary play where I thought he like, was insanely hurt. But he ended up playing the rest of the game, but he was so limpy and gimpy that I'm just yeah. like, dude, why? Are, like, yes, you're a badass and like you want to play through injuries and stuff, but – you're so important to that team. Like, get some freaking rest because at that point it just seemed like he wasn't as mobile, mm -hmm. wasn't able to really get open. And after he got that big hit, I, I think he maybe caught like one pass after that or two max. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what to kind of make of that offense. Debo Samuel still doing Debo Samuel things where he catches like a deep bomb and yeah. yeah th like I mentioned, the Eagles' offense is so unique. This offense is also very unique in their own way. The Niners actually have had nine drives. Um, uh, well, they're the only team in the NFL to score a touchdown in each of their red zone drives this season. That's Damn. But the thing is, that's limited to nine. Yeah. So they're not getting so they there they have enough. to get there, yeah. Mm -hmm. But when they get there, it's a touchdown. It's not a field goal. It's not an incompletion or whatever on fourth down. They've been scoring a touchdown on each of their red zone drives. Yeah, a good, good thing for Kittle is, you know, four, uh, tar four catches for 40 yards. However, 11 targets, which was the second most on the team after Debo Samuel. So um, with Trey Lance um, at the quarterback position, you may expect Kittle to get more targets. I don't know, man. I think I'm on the other end of that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching um, mobile quarterbacks. Mobile quarterbacks like to run a lot more. That takes away a lot of the passing 
options. You might get like the deep bomb from like a you know broken plays are huge with mm-hmm. scrambling quarterbacks. But I mean Garoppolo is a I mean, I don't know, man. This is a tough call because I'm not completely in on Trey Lance yet because he's he's clearly not in on himself either. You can see he's just like running after every play. He's not sitting there and throwing the ball. So I think this is going to be like a Justin Fields situation. They're very similar. They play very similar as well. So, so I don't expect him to throw like 40 passes and like have like a completion percentage of like 77. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be on the poorer end of the completion percentage, and I think that's going to affect the receivers a little bit. But just Kittle being Kittle – all he needs is like five targets to score two touchdowns. You right, know? right. Just got to get to the red zone. Yeah, you got to get to the red zone with this team. Yeah, Debo Samuel again had eight catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. So he's become a fantasy monster. Um, Alex Collins got 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Carson only had 13 carries for 30 yards. So I don't know what that really means. Collins looked faster, honestly, but Carson's not known to be fast. He's kind of more of a bruiser anyways. DK Metcalf had four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Lockett only had four catches, 24 yards. Swain caught the other touchdown. So, um, again, they, they like to spread the ball. Uh, inevitably, both teams are sitting at 2-2, two and two, so uh, something to watch out for as the Seahawks are going to be at home against the Rams next week. That's going to be tough, and the 49ers at the Cardinals. So both really, really tough matchups for both teams that are sitting 2-2. Two and two. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, the Cardinals were at the Rams this week. This was one of our marquee matchups of the week. Uh, both 3-0 teams, uh, both, you know, insane offenses on paper. And so far, you know, they've been nothing short of spectacular. Spectacular, But the Cardinals actually take this one in rather easy fashion. 37-20 to final. Uh, Cardinals were four-and-a-half-point dogs, win the game by 17 points. Uh, the over hits over was 54. Total points were at 57. Um Kyler Murray has proved yet again, even against a formidable defense, that there might not be a defense. Yeah, I mean that's what it looks Kyler like, Murray. right? The right. best defense against him was our defense so yeah. far. We're the only ones that really like kind of put any sort of edge into his game. He's been just eating up defenses alive. This is the hottest they've ever been. They've they have uh, over thirty points and over four hundred yards in each of their first four games of the season. I mean, they just played the Rams. Their defense is supposed to not allow this kind of stuff to happen, and it's he did it so easily. And DeAndre Hopkins really didn't have to do much. He's had fewer than five receptions in three straight games for the first time since 2013. Wow. And, like, they don't they don't really need him to do what he does. They have mm-hmm. so many receivers. They just had A.J. AJ Green is out here being like A.J. Green. I don't know how you stop this offense, honestly. Yeah, I think – I think, and the other thing that makes – you know, Ben is is not a benefit always to Hopkins and is a benefit to the fact that Kyler Murray is so fantasy relevant is like you said, he scrambles so much, right? So a lot of what these guys do is make broken plays happen. And that's not always like, you know, Hopkins is probably gets the most play calls for him being the first uh, read, right? But when you're in a broken play, it's all about finding the open guy. So Hopkins is like the first route, but everybody else is Kyler's mm-hmm. second, third, fourth options. Mm-hmm. And when he's scrambling, those guys become the benefactor. And that, like you see, he's spreading the ball so well. I mean, AJ, the target share, six, seven, five, three, five, right? And so um, Hopkins is a unanimous number one receiver. And the fact that he's spreading the ball and they're still beating the best team that we thought on paper, the best, you know, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense, by 17 points on the road. I mean, this is a statement of a statement game as you can make. I was still not all in on the Cardinals after last week, even if they were three and zero, just mm-hmm. because we played a good game against them. And now they're, you know, proving here that you know they might be the team to beat in the NFC, even outside the Bucks, even the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. and and defense not so bad either, right? No. Uh, in terms of forcing an interception from Matthew Stafford and also a fumble there, um, so looking good in all all fronts uh, yeah. as well. 
so many options in that receiving core though. It's, it's yeah. It's, I was going to say, I've been recommending a lot of people you should trade for, but I think I would recommend trading away Hopkins because I think at this point you can still get so much value. Mm-hmm. Like you could probably get two starting players that you could put on your roster for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that outweighs just the hope that Hopkins, mm-hmm. you yep. know, you'll get the games where Hopkins will get like two touchdowns and 150 yards, but you're just gonna have to suck it up because you ended up getting two pl- good players in return. Yeah. I really like that idea as well because, yeah, fantasy is all about week to week, guys, right? right. People oftentimes look at a guy's perf- performance at the end of the season and be like, they had a great fantasy year. Right. Yeah, but what did you do for me every week? Right. I don't want a guy like, that got me 40 and then zero. Like Tyler Lockett. Yes. Tyler Lockett. I've been saying yeah, this forever. Yeah. People people are talking about how he's going to be number one wide receiver in fantasy. Bro, look at the stats. Look at the history. This is what he does. You know, you get two games of insane production. And then four games of no production, and then two games of great production, kind of like what Cooper Cup has been doing in the past. This this year, he's you know solidified as one of the best uh, wide receiver options. But I'm intrigued to see if that continues. Yeah, Cooper Cup had 13 targets today and only mm-hmm. five catches. So looks like the game plan for the Cardinals may have been to stop Cooper Cup. Yeah. And and guys like Van Jefferson, who's uh-huh. a rookie there, six reception, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Um, benefactor of Cooper Cuff kind of getting covered. Uh, yeah, also I mean, Woods. Honestly, yeah, honestly, he had he had more than double the most targets of the next guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this game was more on Stafford than Cup. I feel like they weren't really cu- covering him that well. There was a lot of touchdowns that Stafford threw to the ground, and even that pick that mm-hmm. was on Stafford too. Stafford just he did not play what you're supposed to do with this great defense you have and all these weapons. You did not maximize this in order to beat a team like the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this game, you know, you expect more out of Stafford noticing the weapons that he has, and it's a big game. Like, this is one of the biggest games you've played so far. You probably never played a big game in your life with right, the Lions, right? right? So this is one of the biggest games you probably ever played in your career, essentially, outside of maybe the playoffs the Lions made, and you come up and you lay kind of a dud. And it's early, right? Adjustments, everything. It'll be interesting to see if Stafford maintains that same level or if against big teams, this is what we're going to get from Matthew Stafford because he's used to being on the Lions. Well, he did beat the they did beat the Bucks last week. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, you know. but I mean the Bucks also. We'll talk about it in a yeah. little bit, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, either way, Cardinals were insanely impressive. Again, Edmonds twelve carries, one hundred and twenty yards on the ground. Connor only had eighteen carries, but only fifty yards, but had two touchdowns. Um, so you know, fantasy wise, you know, pick your poison there. Max Williams had five catches, sixty six yards, and a touchdown. So uh, another random tight end that you know people look at, but. Um, AJ Green, like you said, had five catches, 67 yards in the touchdown. And so again, spreading the ball, spread the love, spread the wealth. Kyler Murray, you know, getting it done on the ground as well. Six for 39. He can beat you every which way right now. And I think the formula is for Kyler is as long as he doesn't have, he doesn't have ever have to force anything, uh, unless he does. So if he doesn't force anything, I just don't understand yeah, how you the, stop him. The, the for, there is no formula. There's no formula for Kyler Murray and there's no formula against Kyler yeah. Murray mm-hmm. because of the differences in what happens during each play. Just no play goes the way they plan it to go. He, he's he's literally just so fast. Like, he just outruns. Every time you think a defender or, like, the lineman have a lane or an angle oh on God. him, his feet are moving like yeah. freaking There's Darren no Sproles. There's no way. A 300-pound yeah. guy cannot chase a toddler down yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, a, a it, toddler on roids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally us trying to chase prime Goody back in the day. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but like dude that that's what it feels like is like he's just literally just swiveling and maneuvering away from all these guys and nobody can catch him and he the, the game is like so slow for him because mm-hmm. he's so fast right and the minute the game is slowed down for you yeah and you have that talent like 
You become unstoppable? Yeah, you literally become unstoppable. And right now, Kyler Murray is literally unstoppable. Yeah, he's MVP right now. Yep. As of right now. Give him there's... the MVP four weeks in. Yep. Absolutely agreed. Uh, Cardinals, again, are going to be at home against the 49ers next week. Could be Trey Lance. So that'll be interesting. And the Rams are going to be at the Seahawks. So uh, another divisional matchup there. Next game on the board, Chovet, your Steelers. Your Steelers were at Lambeau visiting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers win this one 27-17. Packers are now 3-1. and one. Steelers drop to 1-3. and three. Uh, Packers cover their six and a half point spread and the under hits over under was 45 and a half total score was 44. Um, talk to me about your Steelers. Yeah, it's just the same story, different week, right? Offensive, the offense, line, offensive, the offensive line. line, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. um, as like far four weeks in and our coaching staff that knows the offensive line is so bad, just doesn't make adjustments, man. We're, we're pretty much in the same, same position there. Yeah. Like fire um, all of them. <laughs> uh, Steelers are went four for 11 in third downs. Okay, and 0 for 2 in 4 downs, so not efficient, Dude, right? I don't think I've ever seen the Steelers this bad in my football Same. watching I, career. I feel like since we've watched football, the Steelers every year are good. Yeah, they're always a team that, like, you know, they could beat anybody kind yeah. of a situation. As long as Ben Roethlisberger is there, you have, like, some sort of hope and faith. That, At least like, in the past. In the past, yeah. right. You're like, okay, this we'll be all right, you know. Uh, and the defense usually does their part and um, is is either average or even better than average. Right. So, so since um, Juju's Corvette Corvette, um, the <laughs> Be- Big Ben has lost six of his eight starts after starting 11-0. and 0. It's not completely his fault. You know, he's been sacked more than two times in four straight games but the fact is it is his fault when he makes all those passes that he does you know everybody's getting pressured like we said we're out here in minnesota getting pressured like there's no tomorrow as well but at least the interceptions and like the throws don't look bad you know at least yeah and um big ben's throws just look atrocious yeah like at times again yeah i know you have a soft spot for him bro but like he is he is at the point in his career where the Big Ben that's going to be a Hall of Famer is not even close to the no. Big Ben that's on the field right now. No. And again, we hate Mason Rudolph. You and I said Mason Rudolph is not a starting caliber quarterback in this league, and right. Mason Rudolph would put a better product on the field right now than Big Ben. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I think anybody would. I think anybody would. You it, got. You, you it's can't, just unfortunate. Just listen to this, okay? You got a bad offensive line that can't protect, yeah. and you got a quarterback that could break into like yeah. he could fracture he thirty bones move. and can't move. How, what is the recipe yeah. there? You can't. How, what is the recipe? He there? can't move. Yeah, the offensive lineman has got to get better. That's that's what it boils down to. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> you see how that's a common yeah. theme everywhere? Yeah. Th- that's the most important position in football. Left tackle and a right mm-hmm. tackle, in my eyes, are the most important positions. And you're not going to get those guys every year. It's not that they don't just come and go. No. So, like, good offensive lines take you to the Super Bowl. No team that goes to the Super Bowl has shitty offensive line. It just doesn't work that way. Well, we use the first-round pick on, um, you know, Harris. So, like, obviously, we're not going to... It's it's expected at this time when you have almost all of your guys coming in fresh and and they're all new guys. Yeah, they're, they're all new guys with offensive line. Right. So at this point, you're just expe- accepting the fact that the Steelers this year aren't going to do anything. Well, look at the division, right? The Bengals look good. The Browns look Four good. Four games in, you're twenty five percent into a season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you're not going to. You still want to win. Right. So, I mean, uh, is this a Super Bowl winning team? No, no. It's still so early is what I'm saying. It's like, Uh why are we accepting who we are four weeks into a 17-week season where the Giants, who win three games in a row, Uh sneak into the wild card spot and win the Super Bowl? Like, this is an NFL season. Every week, the worst team can beat the best team. Right. Anything is possible, right? 100%. So, so for you, you just, again, we can't just expect the offensive line to get better if they're all shit. We know that as Uh Vikings fans. If they're bad, they're bad. Like, they can't get better. So, 
you have to do different. You have to change it up. You have to change something. You can't just put the same product on the field. Mm -hmm. And with the Steelers, even the, like the Vikings have had their ups and downs, but the Steelers are putting the same product on the field. Big Ben can't run. Like Big Ben's not going to adjust the way he plays. And if the offensive line can't block, then we're accepting that every single Steelers game we watch, it's going to be the same shit different day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's where Matt Canada has to do something and honestly bring up different schemes and things like that. And we've yet to see that. So if far. you guys don't fix something on the offensive line, there's uh -huh. absolutely no way you're going to win this division or make the playoffs. There's yeah. three teams. There's no way Big Ben's going to stay healthy for a full season. Yeah. I think he's going to get hurt if this is the same product that's put on 17 weeks. Mm -hmm. I literally think he's going to get hurt. Yeah. He's going to have some kind of career-ending injury. And, and the shitty thing for the Steelers is they've already adapted to that yeah. by throwing slants and like drag routes, but it's not enough. It's, cl but, it's clearly not enough. Yeah. And Big Ben is not even accurately throwing those slants and drag routes is my right. point. Like, So we can fault the offensive line all we want. Mm -hmm. If they're making quick throws, Big Ben has to be accurate with a three-yard slant or a five-yard in. Right. And if he can't, if he's putting it behind the guy, which we've seen because we've watched every single game this year, we've seen like something has to give. Right. Right. Um, uh, some bright sides, though, uh, Mr. Brightsides. Uh, Deontay Johnson is Mr. Brightside on that offense. He's got over 10 targets yep. for the 13th time since 2020, which is the most in such games in the NFL. So, you know, as a fantasy owner, if you have Steelers, uh, wide receivers are not too happy. But if you have Deontay Johnson, you're very ecstatic. Um, and then the other side of the ball, we can't ignore Green Bay's uh, wins here. Uh, I, found something, I found something of uh, concern here. I don't know if it's just the product of them winning most of the game, which is probably <laughs> what it is. But um, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones split the carries, 15 carries each. Uh, and Dillon, mm. Dillon outperformed Jones almost double. Mm. Uh, so, you know, just keep an eye out for that. I don't think it's a, nothing to worry about. Uh, they didn't really have to go crazy there. But, yeah, that's just something to yeah. keep Yeah, Randall Cobb had a good game too, right? Yeah. Five receptions, 69 yards, two We touchdowns. talked about it during the game is Randall Cobb comes back to Packer land and just, again, becomes Randall Cobb. It yeah. doesn't matter if he's 20 or 30 or 40. He yeah, goes I mean, to another team. Right. Aaron, Aaron yeah. Rodgers isn't dumb. You know, yeah. there's a reason he wanted him back. There's yeah. just that trust factor is important. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's 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 exactly it. And Devontae Adams, six catches, 64 yards. Not what you want as a fantasy owner from your number one receiver. But, again, the predicament of the game. And, like you said, Aaron Jones, you know, only had 48 yards, but he did have three catches for 51 yards. A.J. Dillon, one for 16. So it seemed like pretty much everything they were doing was working because the yards per gain on a lot of these are, yeah, are pretty high. insane. Uh, Rogers was only 20 of 36 though. So it's not like his completion percentage was anything phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did throw two touchdowns. I just want to add that Hayden's block, uh, of that, uh, field goal was not, should not have been called. Um, <laughs> you should uh, tweet to the NFL refs. Yeah. Yeah. There's already like probably 50,000 tweets out there about this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was perfect timing and they called offsides on that play and, and I've gone back and looked at it and there's no way. That's have you offside. seen a camera angle sideline view or Side everything you're seeing is from behind, right? That is true. Okay. Yeah. So I'm still waiting to see it. If they can give it's the NFL. I don't know how they don't have it. Yeah. Give us a, give us a, give us a sideline view. Cause that's the only yeah. way we're going to know. This is all subjective. There's no way to know if he was offsides or not because yeah. you're looking at it from behind. So I agree with you. It looked like he timed it perfectly, mm -hmm. but it also was a, like there's a difference when the guy the edge rusher times something perfectly that means that the high the center snaps it like a second too late right because timing it perfectly is not happening based off the person yeah, exactly in front of you so that's why i i, I agree with you because from behind it looks like he did time it yeah. perfectly i'd want to see the side angle yeah can we get those overhead cameras like on oh, monday was, night football yeah. so nice. why don't we yeah. have that I don't know. Freaking tennis has ball placement to the NFL. millimeter. Yeah. And NFL's NFL. making so much goddamn money, bro. Spend some money it? on better cams. Come on. God, bro. 
honestly. So I don't know if this is a, a, a thing yet, but if you go to NFL.com and look at the scores, there is this coach's film that you can watch. Okay. So you can, and it's got, looks like sideline as an option on here. So it's available 36 to 48 hours after the game. So oh. maybe we can, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, oh. I'll let you know yeah. when Which, I watch yeah, the sideline if, camera. If there's something, yeah, if yeah. there's something, I want to see it. I want to see it. But uh, nonetheless, Packers take care of business. They're three and one now in that division. They're atop that division. Steelers fall to one and three. They're going to be at home against the Broncos next week in that defense. Uh, Packers are going to be at Cincinnati playing against the three and one Bengals. So uh, should be a couple of good games next week on the board. Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens were at these Denver Broncos, the fraud Broncos, the Broncos that we talked about had a soft schedule early on. Their defense was so stout, blah, 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 blah. Ravens win this 23 to seven. Ravens are now three and one. Broncos are also three and one. Ravens were only one point favorites, so they covered that easily. And the under hits at forty four and a half. Talk to us. Well, I'm not a big tutor of my own horn when it comes to fantasy stuff, but I told you the Denver Broncos were fake news. I told you the Panthers were fake news. These teams are benefiting off of pretty okay schedules. Denver had the easiest schedule I've ever seen, probably to start the first three games of the season. They have a good defense, yes. They still had Teddy, but Teddy's not a deep threat guy that can destroy your team. You know, he's a manager, and he managed really well. But you can't manage when you're playing against Lamar Jackson because you don't know the outcome of the game. You can't predict anything. The Ravens have had 100-plus yard uh, rushers in 43 straight games, tied with Steelers for the longest streak Damn. since at least 1940. The Ravens have won 19 games by over 40, 14 points since 2019, which is the most in that span. So what they like to do is run the ball, control the clock, throw those passes when necessary, and win by a lot. And that's exactly what they did to beat the Broncos. Yeah, and no no uh, Tyson Williams sighting, right? Latavius right. Murray got the bulk road, right. load, uh, 18 carries, 59 yards, one touchdown. We also saw Le'Veon Bell sighting mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so not not really what we're used to, but Latavius yeah. Murray, definitely capable of being a good running back for them. And then Marquise Brown, four receptions, 91 yards, one touchdown. Um, yeah, no, I, I think the Broncos didn't have any, any sort of answers for them. Teddy Bridgewater uh, got... Uh, concussion, concussion yeah. and then Drew Locke came in and it wasn't any no. any better. He for threw them. a pick and Drew Locke looks bad. He's very inaccurate. Right. He forces yeah. the ball. Um, yeah, he just does not look good. Um, real quick, I think I said a uh, hundred yard rusher, uh, but I meant total hundred yards rushing in a game. Damn. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, on the other side, Noah Fant caught the uh, lone Broncos touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, six catches, forty six yards. Sutton, three catches, 47 yards. But, again, Broncos offense, not very much going. Lamar Jackson had a decent game, 316 yards and a touchdown pass. And then um, on the ground, he had only seven carries for 28 yards. So one of his rather lower rushing outputs. But, mm-hmm. again, they did. They had Bron- they had the Ravens formula. didn't have to do too much. They yeah. controlled the clock. Broncos were probably going three and out pretty much every other yeah. drive, if not every drive. Dude, if Malcolm Brown doesn't drop touchdowns, oh. this team is on a rampage. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm just excited to see some of these receivers. I was a big Bateman guy, so I'm excited to see Bateman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boykin, he's quick. And so I just want to see receivers that can actually catch consistently because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that the sky's the limit for Lamar Jackson. I feel like he's been on the bad side oh, yeah. of fantasy outputs because of all these drops. Right. Andrews had that touchdown in the end zone that got called back on a penalty penalty yeah. um just some bullshit you know some bullshit as a lamar owner and as an andrews owner some bullshit but nonetheless ravens take care of business against the broncos are the broncos frauds uh Who next do they week? play next week <laughs> next week the broncos are at pittsburgh so they're gonna take oh, on wow. the Steelers. so St- i'm actually excited because i mean Steelers are bad on offense but they have a good defense and um if we're calling the denver broncos fake news which i am yep 
Uh, the Steelers might. You know what? I'm going to take the Steelers yeah. this game. Especially if Drew Lock's Drew starting. Lock? I'm yeah. Take, yeah, the Steelers defense should do enough against Drew Lock. Yeah, if Drew Lock's starting. If yeah. Teddy's starting, I don't know. I probably won't take the <laughs> yeah. Steelers. That'll be a tough one uh, if that's the case. But the Ravens uh, are going to be at home against the Colts. So they'll probably try to take care of business there. That kicks us into the last game on the slate Sunday night football. The Tampa Bay Bucks were at the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough, the biggest storyline since sliced bread mm-hmm. almost. And so um, not personally, you know, expected more, but it was more of a product of the weather. Yeah. Bucks end up winning this 19 to 17. Uh, Pats cover the plus seven point spread and the under hits at 49 and a half. Um, not as much excitement, I think, just from like maybe production, big play, stuff like that, just because of the rainy weather. But shit, it was raining fucking hard. Yeah. It was clearly that these NFL caliber wide receivers were dropping passes left and right. And, you know, always fantasy wise, always, always, always check the weather on these late games um, because there's really no other option you can switch them out with. So you got to be prepared for any type of weather things when it comes to later games. Yeah, that doink at the end uh, <laughs> so loud. was such a loud yeah. do- it's like yeah. I, I'm like, I don't remember yeah. uh, missed field goals when it hits the uh, upright being that loud. Um, but Tom Brady, not not a great game again. Belichick had a good game plan for him. And yeah. the rain, in the rain, and the, and the rain. drop passes, sorry. Maybe yeah. maybe he would have had a good game, actually, if it hadn't rained. But, yeah. again, Belichick didn't make it easy for him. Right, mm-hmm. right. I was hoping the Patriots pulled through in that one. yeah. Mac Jones had a good game. He looked accurate. Um, I think he held his own. I mean, if we're being honest, Mac Jones might have played a better game than Tom Brady on paper. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, and, the, and the other thing was you mentioned the doink. The, they're literally a doink away from taking the lead with yeah, like a minute left. Yeah. But two things on that, right? Timeout? So, was there a timeout left? Yeah. So what I'm not understanding is it was like fourth and three. It's raining. It's been raining all fucking game. That's yeah. clearly been a factor, mm-hmm. right? And you're kicking a whatever it was. It was long, 56, yeah, 56 yarder, right. fourth yep. and three with a minute left. So yep. even if you make it, you give Brady the ball back with a minute left. Mm-hmm. All he needs is a field goal, right? So we talked about how you don't want to give the best quarterbacks that much time, mm-hmm. and even in the rain. I don't give a shit if it's snowing. Brady's already done it in the snow, so it doesn't matter. So I'm almost thinking, why wouldn't you go for that? Fourth and three, fourth and three. That's um. 56 yarder in the rain this is Uh big vikings energy talking no 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 i don't i don't think so at all because even if you make it there's a minute left on the clock for tom brady all he needs is a field goal yeah so if you're trying to win like you don't want to put the ball in the hands of the best quarterback of all time right so the best case scenario is that field goal goes in but that's still not a great scenario right right no it's not a great scenario but like it is raining it is raining right um giving tom brady the ball back with the rain kind of helped because he went deep to Antonio Brown twice. I think the rain fucked up the vision on the first play. Second play, he grabbed it. The rain literally caused him to lose the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think the rain plays a big factor in that decision because, I mean, and everybody wants to take the lead, right? And nobody wants to give Tom Brady the ball. I get that. I was a big fan of not giving Aaron Rodgers the ball back last, last game. And look what happened. They gave him the ball back and he scored touchdown one. But there was no rain involved. It was a pretty, you know, it was a great night. I think I think the rain played a huge role in that so, decision. Okay, so let me ask you this: Do you trust Tom Brady with the ball in your hands with the rain, or do you trust a kicker in the rain? That's the same what, the same factors. Yeah, fifty six yards. This isn't a chip shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. even in normal weather, fifty six is not easy. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. I completely get that. But me being a more of a conservative player, I'm not uh, dis guarding that decision yeah i, I would have probably kicked it too i mean if you're bill check you have to like look at how nick folk has been doing and it, can he kick that 56 yarder it definitely had the distance it hits the it hits the left side of the see, post th- that's what i meant with the by the vikings energy because like as a vikings fan i can see why 
kicking a field goal to win games is just out of no, out of picture. I, I don't personally my there's no Vikings sub bias in why I'm saying this because uh-huh. I think the biggest factor in it's why Tom I'm Brady. saying this is there's three factors. Tom Brady, the rain, the same rain that impacts Tom Brady. It's a lot him. easier to kick a field goal in the rain than it is to catch passes. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But again, I feel like outside of the drops, majority of passes were caught, right? Mm-hmm. So all you need is a drive for a field goal. So in my head, I'm just thinking even if you make a field goal, you're still not guaranteed to win. Whereas if you get right. a first down, your percentages the, to win have exponentially gone the up. The thing is what maybe the play call is a little bit limited too, right? Fourth and three, you're not running the ball is a little risky i would say they didn't do shit this was the worst running offense uh bill belichick has ever had that mm-hmm. game they got a total of negative one yards right so you you have so you're, probably, gonna pass. you're gonna pass the ball you're gonna do quick slants quick curls something along those lines and maybe that's a little bit easier if you're the buccaneers you're waiting for that you're not thinking it's gonna be a deep pass so you know as far as like yeah Pick, pick your back. No, I mean, like, uh, obviously, Buccaneers the, defense that had no cornerbacks because even their one cornerback also got hurt. So Sherman was their first corner. But yeah, again, I don't think I don't think there's a wrong decision. Yeah. Um, because yes, you it's it's a decision, right? So that means both sides make sense. But I just think as Bill Belichick, you know, you're going against Tom Brady. You, like you want to win that football game. I bet he wants. Like, oh yeah. Brady and Belichick were probably the two people that wanted to win the game more than anybody else. And I just think even if that field goal goes in. You're still not yeah. like no, I still would not have felt confident. If, if it wasn't raining, I am not kicking that field goal. Yeah. Because it's raining, I'm always kicking that field goal. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't have. If I if I go back, I'm not kicking that. I'm going for it. But that's just me. Um but either way, the Pats lost. So it right. doesn't matter. They lost. Yeah. Uh Bucks win. Bucks are three and one. Pats are now one and three. Uh Bucks are at home against the Dolphins next week, and the Pats are gonna be at the Texans. Um so Pats and Texans, battle of one and three teams. That's the last game on the board. Monday Night Football is almost like right underway, so uh, hasn't happened yet, so we won't touch on that. Let's jump into the next segment, uh, Fantasy Stud and Dud. Um, we each talk about one guy as a fantasy stud, one guy as a fantasy dud. Uh, Shovit, you start us off this week. Yeah, my stud is Tyreek Hill. Uh, 11 reps, receptions on 12 targets, 186 yards, Jesus. three touchdowns. I mean, that, that's what, over 40 points PPR-wise, yeah. half-point PPR. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got to be more than happy to have Tyreek Hill have a bounce-back game given the not-so-great performance of the couple of weeks, past two weeks. Um, my dud, mm-hmm. moving on, is the Titans defense against the New York Jets um, allowed 27 points. They did come up with an interception. They were one of the, uh, based off of matchups, like maybe top five defenses to start this week as far as streaming options go, and uh, they were not able to capitalize on the New York Jets. Um, so, yeah, they dud, only put up two fantasy points? Yeah. Three. To three? Okay, yeah. three fantasy points. Yeah, um, my uh, stud is Cordero Patterson. Um, I told you to trade him away, but this is why we're analysts. We don't use uh, emotions when we do this. So I think you should uh, get rid of Cordero, but he's still my stud for the week. He had six rushes and five receptions, and he ended up with three touchdowns and a shitload of fantasy points. That is the definition of a stud. When, you know, there's players like Tyreek Hill. I, I drafted him early in my first round in all my leagues because I expected results like this. Cordero Patterson, you don't expect stuff like this. You don't even expect half of this. So this is my unanimous dud, I mean, stud of the week. Um, he's going to get uh, my star there. Uh, dud. So this could probably be a year-long dud for me. I might just use him for every dud <laughs> category for the rest <laughs> of the season. But Miles Sanders is my dud. Uh, seven rushes, 13 yards. He caught three of three passes for 34 yards, but you expect so much more from your RB1 slash two. Um, and I think he's the mayor of Dud City now. 
Especially with the, like the games that the Eagles put up points and Sanders still does nothing. Mm. Yeah. That's concerning. Yeah, late in the game, they don't use him at all. It's yeah. just Gainwell late in the game. And they're always coming from behind. So I'm expecting the Eagles to get a little better. And I think they'll start running the ball more. And then Miles Sanders is a home run hitter. So that's basically all I'm waiting for at this point. Yeah. My fantasy stud, DJ Moore. DJ Moore had 27.9 points. Four straight weeks now with 12-plus points in an offense with tons of question marks. Sam Darnold coming into the season was a huge question mark. Um, and a primar- primarily uh, an offense that's primarily revolved around CMC. So whether CMC's in, whether he's not, whether the quarterback you know has question marks, what he's, whether he has three weeks, three weeks under his belt, uh, DJ Moore has proved week in and week out that he is a must-start um, and literally as consistent as they come. And he's matchup-proof at this point. So uh, DJ Moore, uh, fantasy stud. Fantasy dud, the Saints defense, much like your Titans defense. I think the Saints the Saints were the number one ranked fantasy defense coming into this week, and they were playing the Giants, who are absolutely bad on offense, at least coming in, coming into this week, and that was not the case. The Saints defense had negative three fantasy points. Um, they allowed 27 points. They had one interception, 485 yards of total offense allowed. Daniel Jones threw for 402 yards against your defense. What the flying fuck? <laughs> like explain that to me Danny Dimes so 402 yards given up to Danny Dimes you are absolutely a dud Saints I picked you up I started you number one defense my ass so um, shame shame you're, you're shame. my you're my dud of the week and um that actually wraps up this week's episode um with week four in the books we have one more game again that's about to kick off here any second now chargers and raiders should be a great game uh thank you all for joining in uh we are the only playbook we are your one-stop shop for all things football related uh thank you so much we'll see you next time